So welcome to the Fireside Podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Bokert, and I'm excited to introduce today's special guest, Brendan Lee, Bitcoin SV expert. Hello. So Brendan Lee, Bitcoin SV expert, training and development manager of the Bitcoin Association, an advisory board member of Firecorp. And yeah, welcome. And also just to remind everyone that um, Fire fireside podcast it's uh focused on bridging the gap between people and technology so yeah so how, how you doing mate all good yeah uh, i mean look it's it's been an interesting few weeks um we're in the second week of um fully homeschooling kids and you know trying to minimize our exposure to um everybody else uh you know, obviously having been to London and then having had the 14-day lockdowns for all people returning to Australia uh, put in place about about seven or eight days after I got back, I kind of realised, geez, you know, I really should have been much more uh, careful. I, I was a bit cavalier. I thought, oh, I'm fine. I feel fine. You know, I'm, I've been away for two weeks. If I had it, I would be sick by now and and really didn't um uh think too much about what i was doing but then once um the the i I saw people actually coming back from europe at around Mm -hmm. the same time as i had through the same airports coming back with the virus i i kind of realized that oh gee you know i'm actually i'm actually quite an at-risk person here so since then i have taken um not extreme steps, but uh, certainly I've not been out um, without a mask. I've not, um, you know, we've just kept it really down to the bare essentials. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's been really interesting. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm really hoping in Australia, our um, new case numbers have been dropping um, quite precipitously uh, until yesterday. I think yesterday we've sort of hit a bottom um, and I don't know, look, I'm really hopeful that we can, we can really, you know, as they say, flatten that curve and, and have, you know, reopen the country because the longer that we have to keep this, this, this lockdown in place, um, the worse the economic fallout is going to be. And, um, I'm, you know, really concerned that, that if, if we don't get this, um, virus under control and and get people back into um their offices and back into the community mm. and and spending money and 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 having that economy um really flowing you know wh- when do we recover like what's what's the strategy you know it, it's no good um if nobody gets the virus but then everyone starves because there's no food you know like yeah so. definitely well, it's, it's good that you're doing doing your bit to uh what's in your control you know wearing masks and uh you know understanding that you're you were a um you know at-risk person because you were at the coin geek london you were traveling mm-hmm. coming back so it's really good that you're doing that and i'm optimistic as well of what we're going to do but we can have a we can have a chat now and i'll start to ask you some questions which do do relate to whether sure. indirectly or directly to that as well so yeah so first question for you you brendan is so how did you get into bitcoin and specifically for the viewers for the listeners out there uh, that uh, don't quite know too much about bitcoin what 
is Bitcoin? Um, okay. Uh, well, so I, I originally got into Bitcoin um, when, uh, so I used to, I was working in the battery industry. So I was um, uh, doing sort of technical design and engineering for lithium battery packs for cars. I'd kind of seen Bitcoin, you know, I'd, I'd, I remember, I think I remember seeing it first in around 2011 on, uh, I used, well, I still do, but I don't really read them anymore. I get Slashdot emails. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I saw it in Slashdot and I thought, oh yeah, what's that thing? And I remember kind of keeping half an eye on it. And at one point, even discussing with a friend of mine, oh, you know, hey, we should, we should think about getting into that. And, and then kind of looking at it and going, I remember at one point using the comment, you know, this Bitcoin thing, it's, it's like you, you have to open your wallet and throw all the money out into a tornado. And then you stand there holding <laughs> your wallet open and you hope that more money blows back into your wallet. Love it. And, <laughs> and, but like it's, it, we, we never did that. We, we kind of look, and then that was, um, I think that was around 2012, 2013. And then there was Mount Gox and we just, we're like, wow, that thing's just, it's a disaster. It's, it's obviously a big scam um, and just never touched it. And it wasn't until uh, sort of early 2017 when it sort of came back onto my radar and I started seeing um, all this talk of blockchain and how it was going to change everything and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm, I'm a big um, exponential growth uh, believer. And I look at, you know, there's so many industries where you can take exponential growth and really uh, you can take the, the progress of an industry. So say, look at, look at um, a microchip manufacturer. Um, mm -hmm. And you've got, you've got exponential improvement in transistors. You've got exponential improvement in the manufacturing uh, capacity of the industry, um, exponential improvement in computing power available to people. Um, and it's really an industry that's changed the world. And anywhere where you see that kind of exponential um, takeoff happening, um, that's, that's where you actually see these huge changes uh, that come through from whatever that system is into, into society. And I, as soon as I started learning about Bitcoin and realized that, um, you know, the aspects of the currency, that it's a deflationary currency, that um, it's not simply limited to money. Like this is actually something that you can attach personal information to and mm -hmm. you can, uh, and, you know, like internet type, um, web pages, data, anything you like, really, you can embed that into Bitcoin transactions and, and put it out onto the ledger. I kind of was hooked, you know, I'm, I, uh, I'm kind of a believer that we will head towards a situation where we have these kind of um, like a life book almost where, uh, you know, you'll have your digital uh, persona that kind of exists uh, alongside your physicality and it, it's an extension of you and it's not something that we can do with today's systems you can't be an extension of yourself mm -hmm. if you do not own 
your own information and on you know in places like twitter you can be an extension of your personality yeah. but you cannot be a full extension of yourself because as soon as you put anything onto there you are effectively handing ownership of that away to twitter and it's quite dangerous because the more you hand of yourself away to them uh, the less you have left when they cut you off and um, we're starting to see that now a lot of people being demonetized on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, yeah. And it, it, it's really a situation where these people gave themselves away and uh, they have no recourse now. And so part of the, the one of the, th the huge things that I saw with Bitcoin was it's, it's a system where everybody gets to own themselves. And I, foresee that the result of that is going to be that people will actually trust the system enough that that digital side of themselves will become um, much more broadly connected. Um, mm -hmm. And as people become much more confident that they do in fact own that part of themselves um, that they are putting onto the ledger and that they are able to, to share that with extreme granularity, you know, they can show it to their friends without necessarily having to show it to Twitter as well, um, or Facebook. Um, you know, mm. I didn't mention Facebook, but you know, they're probably the worst offender of, of, of all. And being able to own themselves is, is going to be an important aspect of um, kind of this uh, homo Bitcoinist that, that we're gonna move towards where we are extremely connected um, to everybody while still owning our own selves. And, and so that was really what brought me into Bitcoin. I, that, that, that was my interest um, in it. And um, from that perspective, I started really trying to get into and understand uh, those base layers. Like how, how, how do we actually do that? How does someone... Mm -hmm. um, create information and assert their ownership over it in, in, in such a way that um, they can um, share that privately, retain that ownership, retain that privacy, and, um, but still do it in public, on a public ledger, on a public network. And um, so that's, that's, that's why um, I got into it. And, you know, I, was, I guess I was just fortunate enough that my uh, work experience had almost all been and although if i list, listed it off to you it's all like you know manufacturing like like um you know building label machines that stick bottles onto uh labels onto bottles of of uh, motor oil or uh, you know processing fix, sort of fixing fixing machines that that, yeah. that make margarine punnets or um you know making making these machines that mix explosives and stuff like this it's all like crazy stuff but um it's it was amazing how much of that was directly applicable to Bitcoin. And a lot of that was thanks to the, the scripting language that's used. Um, I, I had experience with Forth. Um, it's, um, I think it's a, an amazingly utile language. And when people really get into it, they're gonna actually be very, very surprised how much they can do with how little uh, computing power and things like that. Um, but um, sorry, what was the rest of the question? Yeah, that's a, no, that you that is amazing. There's so much there because it's uh, I can fully start to understand 
what drew you to Bitcoin, how you got into it and, and why as well. Especially, I love the, uh, the homo Bitcoiners, uh, the privacy aspects of Facebook and Twitter, owning your, uh, the, the life book aspect as well. And I, I got a, a physical, you know, the physical uh, link to digital as well. It almost it brought up the, the film Transcendence as well. So, uh, so much. There. And the original question was, how did you get into Bitcoin? And what is Bitcoin? Because there's quite a lot of, um, it, it's, trend, it's trending at the moment, especially in Australia, Bitcoin and probably across the world. What is, what is Bitcoin? Because there's quite a lot of misinformation about what Bitcoin is. And you've explained it from your point of view, which is amazing and it's really really insightful and interesting uh, what is um that was the original question how did you get into bitcoin and what is bitcoin for us? yeah uh, well i guess just to expand on that what is bitcoin um i think certainly what it is um in the context of today's marketplace uh bitcoin is is very badly misunderstood uh first mm -hmm. of all yeah uh, most um of the uh popular pundits out there are uh, spooking the idea that Bitcoin is nothing really more than a speculative asset, um, that it's here to kind of replace um, the systems that we depend on uh, today for commerce and, and for our economies to operate, um, that it's here to, you know, uh, basically be almost a, a, an agent of extreme change uh, through society and and you know to 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 mm. take That's take away um, things that that those people don't like and want to replace with their own versions of those other things and and really that's not what it's about at all. Um, Bitcoin is simply a a an extremely I mean so the, the it it comes down to Bitcoin is a number of different things, right? Yes, that's what that yeah that's that's probably that might be. A, why there's some misinformation and, and different things going on as well because isn't there um you know there's bsv because i know you're a, you're an advocate for bsv there's bsv there's btc there's uh, there's a multitude of others there's um the bitcoin cash so yeah. what with, with respect to that and uh, could you could you possibly explain and touch on that for, for listeners who are not sure. who, who, well, who could hope to re reduce that um misinformation with you with your expertise so so Bitcoin is a system, right? When you look at the, at the Bitcoin white paper, the title of the white paper is a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system. System. And, mm -hmm. and so in the system, uh, we have several elements. So we have uh, what we call the Bitcoin network. Mm -hmm. And so the network is, um, is basically this is this kind of amazing um, sort of self-assembling, ultra densely connected small world network of uh, these miners who compete with each other for the right to build the public ledger. And so the Bitcoin public ledger is the thing that we as the public use. And, and so right. when I'm writing my information, when I'm creating my MetaNet page, when I'm sending someone a, a transaction, all of the records that relate to those things, the data, the, the actual, um, the transaction where we're, we're sending the money between ourselves, all of that is recorded in Bitcoin transactions on the Bitcoin ledger. And so it is that the ledger is kind of the fundamental 
um, element of, of the system. And so we use the network to talk to or, or to write to and to read from the ledger. Mm -hmm. Now, sitting behind the ledger, so we, we kind of see the ledger, it's this big, it's almost this just open, flat plane. You can write anything you want. You can go anywhere, look at anything. Sitting behind that, um, and it's, it's transparent to us, we can see it happening. Sitting behind yep. that uh, is this, this ultra-dense network. That's, so every time we use the ledger, every time we, hit, we, we put things on the ledger, they're on the other side of that plucking those things off and, and gathering them all together and using them to build what we call the blockchain. And so the blockchain is these timestamps that say, you know, around every 10 minutes, here is a, a set of the things that we agree um, uh, or, or we are economically incentivized to agree are the truth of what people wanted to record on the ledger in the last 10 minutes. And so what happens is that all of the miners agree um, with consensus that the things that one miner has proposed took place were, mm. were true and, and did happen and that those are all valid transactions. And then they all start to, you know, they start plucking new transactions off the back of the ledger and assembling the next block. And so it's that blockchain that provides the functionality of the ledger. It provides the security of the ledger. Uh, and it is how the miners compete with each other uh, to, to actually make money because, you know, they're, they're not doing this out of the goodness of their own hearts. They're doing this because they expect quarterly profits. Um, and, and a reward. So, yeah, that's right. So, and, and that reward, um, you know, we, we've got the halve, uh, the halvening point, uh, which is coming soon for BSV. I think it's only in a few days now. Um, and in another few weeks for um, BTC, which, uh, uh, which could be interesting. But um, so to get back to the, the question of what is Bitcoin in that context of BTC, BCH. So to me, Bitcoin is only BSV uh, really is a working example of, of Bitcoin. So Excellent. Bitcoin, that as it was defined in the white paper, mm. has um, a whole set of attributes. And at the moment, if you look at all of these different um, blockchain networks, so I call any, like anything that, that has a public ledger that's secured by a blockchain, um, that re that's, that's a blockchain network. None of them really can uh, be held up to that white paper and called Bitcoin um, other than BSV. And Excellent. so, you know, with BTC, I, I've been saying this for an extremely long time. So probably since, so I, what did I start? I really started learning about this in kind of August, 2017 type timeframe. I, within about two months, I realized that BTC, not only is it not Bitcoin, um, it's actually, it's, it's a giant honeypot. Um, it's been set up to fail um, explosively. I mean, literally this thing is just going to go to, to zero. Um, mm. So most of the people whose money, you know, so the, another big thing that's different with BTC is there's actually no, not really any means to earn BTC, right? So at the moment, the only way to acquire BTC is to go and take your hard earned uh, dollars 
but yeah. and up, upload them onto some shady um, exchange. <laughs> Not all exchanges are shady, but okay, yeah. quite often for a lot of people, their only option is a shady one. Um, and then to buy this thing, and then what do you do with it? Like you can't, it, there's not really anywhere that's spent, that it, it, can, it mm. can be spent. You know, it used to be back in about 2015, um, well before my time, you could go and spend it in thousands of places. All of that, um, that network effect that comes from exposing merchants and, um, you know, getting people out there and actually using it has all been destroyed because the people running BTC failed to understand how the system is meant to scale. And, mm. um, or, or they, they didn't fail to understand, they simply failed to execute um, right. um, on that, that means of scaling. And Definitely. I, you know, I don't want to attribute any malice to what they did. Um, I'm just going to go out and say they're actually complete idiots who have no clue what they're doing. Um, I, I want to believe that, that they simply got themselves into this situation because they are that stupid and that <laughs> okay. it's not something that they did because there's some, you know, agenda, then they're being paid by the banks or whatever to destroy this thing. They just simply, they're idiots. And okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. unfortunately, what's that? I said, fair enough. You're, you're entitled to your opinion. And that's what we're sharing. So I like the, the isn't there just one, um, one quick question as well. B, BTC that, and, and with regards to potential misinformation, I, I've heard that that's been referred to by some people as um, digital gold. What do you, that, and that kind of relates to, to what you're saying. What, what are your thoughts on that? And that, that kind well, of links so, to the... So look, people, yeah, I, I, I think that's completely wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so what they're saying um, by that is, is, is they're actually, um, they are de, uh, they are, are taking a value that is applied to gold. So gold, gold's this thing, humans have traded with gold, you know, for thousands of years, for far longer than we know. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it's, there is a, so gold is actually also, exceptionally useful there's hardly an industry in the world in which gold is not somehow physically applied into products so you know you've got electronics um you know circuit boards they get gold plated um circuit boards you've got medicine gold is used to deliver um medicine into people's bodies there's a lot of um uh pills where the medicine is actually attached to tiny particles of gold um you've got uh, gold is used in art, you know, gold is used all over the, you know, in jewelry. Um, so gold has these uses and it is through these uses uh, and, and also people use it to store value. So they use it as a hedge against cash. If they think mm -hmm. the cash is, is going to um, start having its value impacted, they buy gold as, as a, a hedge against that um, under the assumption that the price of gold will go up because there is always this constant industrial demand uh, for it. Now, if you found a, a giant meteorite of gold that, that was, you know, like the size of an Olympic swimming pool and, mm -hmm. and you know, doubled the entire world's supply of gold, um, you know, you would crash the price. Now, that's something that doesn't happen with Bitcoin because we know exactly how many Bitcoins there are ever going to be um, issued uh, on the Bitcoin network. But the problem with 
trying to ascribe the properties of gold to Bitcoin is that it simply doesn't work because Bitcoin, the actual Bitcoins, the Satoshis themselves, for them to have any kind of value akin to a gold type product, they would have to have some kind of utility. And when you have a, a and, and the reality of it is that the only utility that those Satoshi tokens have outside of being held and exchanged for goods and services, which is kind of the, the money function, the only other uh, thing that they're actually useful for is to pay miners to have access to the ledger. And so right. the value of the, of the Satoshi tokens themselves, so the, the price of Bitcoin is related uh, not to this um, speculative market. I mean, that, that just is a massive um, inflationary uh, system that pumps up the price and, and pushes um, the value of a Satoshi and the, and the cost of, of transacting in that currency way beyond what it should be. You know, the price of a transaction on Bitcoin should be a thousandth of a cent or less. And um, having BTC where you have, uh, sorry, a thousandth of a dollar, I should say, mm -hmm. a thousandth of a cent is probably a little bit too low. Um, <laughs> but uh, have, having this currency where it's costing like $5 to do a single transaction, like that's, that's an economic disaster. Like that means that there's, 90% of the world can't use that to buy their food. And in fact, so when, no, it's, when no it's BTC utility. and you've got a million transaction capacity per day, that's 99.9999% of the world are completely locked out from using their money. And um, to me, like there's no practical um, application of that. And so the value of that, the, 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 the gold uh, analogy simply completely fails because actually the future utility of that token is zero. It cannot be used as money. And as such, it cannot be used at all because that is its only use case. And you're saying that um, so BTC uh, as it is, is, is going to zero? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay. And we'll just moving, moving forward as well, and just to, to clarify uh, a couple of terms that, that might be helpful for the listeners. Uh, you mentioned um, miners and also the metanet. So yeah. I understand from our, our previous um, guest as well, Calvin, he was saying that they're, um, they're, they're referring to miners as um, transaction processors. So, yeah. um, and also, if you, if you, would you be able to explain that with reference to, um, to understanding Bitcoin and or BSV and also um, with regards to what the metanet is as well, just so it's, we can get a bit of clarity and, and, and improve the, sure. um, the information spread and, and, and clarity for people. Sure, absolutely. So, well, um, I mean, the, the, the word miner, uh, so in, in, the, um, in the Bitcoin white paper, um, I think Satoshi refers to them as... Um, not miners. He doesn't use that terminology at all. Uh, hang on. Let me just. Um, uh, I've got the Bitcoin white paper right here in front of me. Um, so I think he actually does call them transaction processes or, or, or something, oh, something okay. along those lines in the white paper. And um, the term mining 
so the only time that Satoshi ever used the term mining was he, 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 he kind of likened the process of unlocking the new Bitcoins uh, through proof of work to mining gold and to like basically we know that there's this much gold in this hill if we dig up this many tons we're going to be able to extract you know this many ounces of gold and and so it's kind of like you know with proof of work if you apply this much um hash rate and you know de depending on on the network that the return is going to be this many block rewards over this amount of time and so it's it's kind of a process of applying that proof of work now, but that's a very simplistic view of what mining is. And, and that's kind of, I think, propagated um, due to this idea that Bitcoin is a, a tiny blockchain that we only have, you know, one megabyte blocks that we can only have, you know, right. five transactions a second. So that these miners, that their work, the work that they do, the proof of work, that's, it really isn't in actually managing the transaction inflow and it's a hundred percent about doing that that proof of work, um, that 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 burning the well not burning energy but but using energy to find um, those those high value um, hash outputs to to uh, win the next block on in the blockchain to extend the ledger. And like the reality is that's only about I would say that's that's like the the, the easiest part of mining. Um, you know, there's a lot of practical stuff that you need to consider, like you have to have energy, you have to have um, a, a facility, you've got to have cooling, you have to have a robust network to talk to your, you know, 5 million hash machines that are spread all over the world. Mm. But the, the real job of these miners slash transaction processes is to actually provide the front of the network for all the users to connect to and to be sending their transactions down to them and then to be gathering all of those transactions and be able to build them into blocks. And so when you, you can imagine when all of a sudden all 7 billion people in the world turn around and point their phones at that network, um, that's got to be pretty robust. It's got to be able to handle millions of unique actions per second. Um, it's got to be able to transcribe those actions onto the ledger um, through that block writing process. But it's actually that process of gathering those transactions, validating all of those transactions um, and, and putting that block together that is, is, is the far more difficult part of that uh, transaction processing system, I think. And that's so, what's being built at the I, moment on BSV. Is that right? What's that? Sorry. Is that and that's what's being built into? Yeah. So uh, at the moment the we we have a whole team of guys who who's basically their entire job is to take the existing Bitcoin SV client and make it work much faster. And and so I think um, the latest results we are getting, it's, it's like we, we're consistently getting blocks with, with mil, uh, like a million transactions um, in them on the scaling test net. Um, but but re realistically, to reach terabyte um, blocks, we, we, we need to be doing millions of transactions per second. And so we still have quite a long way to go. I think we have to scale it at least another probably thousand to 10,000 fold from where it is today 
to satisfy the demand that we're going to have possibly within, you know, two to five years. Two to five years. I so don't eight, think eight, certainly, eight billion, nine billion people um, to be able to. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's about, you know, you can think it's, so if we had, I just rounded up to 10 million, I say mm -hmm. 10 million people um, say like lowball estimate um, of a hundred transactions per user per day. So, because when you think about it, like it's not just um, the, 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 when you go to the shop and buy a, um, you know, a, a salad or whatever, it's, it's every time you make a phone call, every time you send a message, every time you send an email, like all of those things will go, are going to be end up being tied into uh, your digital self that you you're now going to establish on the ledger and it's so instead of an email going to a third party who then is sending you a notification saying hey we got this email for you the notification comes directly to you and uh, so I mean I, what I mean is that the email comes directly to you there's no yes. third party there's a there's a third party service that you kind of use but but the actual storage that you you are the owner of the information in, in, in email so into your, li into your life book yeah that's I right that. exactly that. yeah and you own that you own that data your life you own that it's, data. Not, it's not facebook it's not twitter it's uh, it's life but it's I, I love that analogy and that's making it very clear for myself and, and i hope for sure. the listeners as well that's great and um, yeah, so so now you've got you, you've got your seven you've got your ten billion people. They're all interacting with their life books. They're all recording stuff. They're all um, sending messages, communicating. And mm -hmm. you know this is Bitcoin. I think is is the greatest communication tool ever conceived, um, as far as I can tell. I, it puts every human within two hops of every other human. Um, uh, wow! Everyone has access to the network, and that's um, exciting. Just tremendously powerful. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so you you get a sense of the numbers if you've got 10 billion people and they're each using it a hundred times a day that becomes um, uh, a trillion transactions and so it ends up being something like 11 million transactions every second happening um, on the network writing to the ledger and and so the the task of of gathering that just constant like like it's like a waterfall you know it just you have to catch the water um and it's it's a huge job i think transaction processes certainly uh have their work cut out for them in the next um you know five to ten years at least um look i, I honestly i think provision of this service is never going to be easy it's always going to be extremely fast paced. We're going to see this develop, I, I think much faster than most um, similar industries have developed uh, throughout history. I, and, mm. and I think that the level of service that we get as the users is going to improve commensurate with that investment that we're going to see from those transaction processes. So De it's possible that, that, you know, we're going to have access to some, some very amazing stuff um, you know, in, in, in what I could be a relatively short period of time. Definitely. I'm excited about it. So and that moves on to the, the question as well. So what are you, what are you currently working on, Brendan? Uh, well, so um, at the moment, um, I'm doing uh, still work with the Bitcoin Association. So mm -hmm. um, we are working on um, some curriculum um, things that, uh, so we have education. established 
some connections with a few universities in different places. So, um, in, in oh, excellent, yeah, uh, in Canada, in in the Netherlands, and um, we're trying to. So, um, I, after the the recent Coin Geek, we actually did a number of workshops in. Um, or I guess it was a single workshop. It ran for three days and we had a, a number of sessions and um, we're trying to take what we did there and use that as a basis um, for a set of um, sort of course materials that we can apply in to these, these courses that, that people are um, trying to establish. Because what we've seen is that most of the university level stuff is it's kind of sponsored by IBM. It's very um, focused on their product. Um, we yes. Private biased um, database, which um, is kind of to to me that doesn't actually even make that much sense. But um, yeah, so that's um, you know, and I've always got a few other bits and pieces on my plate. So um, yeah, there's, there's, there's there's a bunch of other stuff that's um, that's um, kind of. Um, coming through which is all very interesting so it sounds like there's some progress being made by some um some very smart people including yourself from from what i've uh, what i've uh, know and what, about um, what you're doing and, and and even from our conversation now it's it's great so i really appreciate uh, your explanations as well it's, it's definitely helping me and uh, as i said i hope it's helping the, the listeners as well so so moving on brendan is um what what are your thoughts on the, the general Bitcoin community, uh, including, you know, we talked about Twitter, those sorts of, uh, you know, online communities and, and offline. What, what are your thoughts on the, on the general Bitcoin community in your perspective? Um, look, I mean, I, I'm kind of, I, certainly the BTC community is is a bit of a disaster like it, it, it just seems to be that um that they, they'd rather like you know throw poop at each other than actually achieve anything <laughs> um yeah and, you know, no, they're not throwing theme, poop at each other they're throwing poop throwing poop at everyone else <laughs> Um, oh, it just reminds me of an analogy of uh, you know, <laughs> monkeying around from that was from my, my last guest as well, Kevin, who said people are monkeying around. Or, anyway, just throwing poop at each other, that's, that gives uh, definitely a, a visual. <laughs> and, but it, you can see that on Twitter. It, we're also seeing it in, in Bitcoin Cash too. Like they've really turned into the rabble that, that we expected them to. Um, you know, it looks like people are leaving the project. Um, they're unfollowing each other on Twitter. Um, you know, look, to, to be honest, I actually think community should not be a part of the development of Bitcoin, except insofar as where the people who have a financial um, uh, hand in the system, so these are mm -hmm. the transaction processes, are building a community of developers to pursue what they think is required to achieve the scale that we need. And so that right. would end up being a very different community to what we have today. That would be a, a highly professional uh, mm -hmm. and motivated community of uh, experts in the relevant fields 
Um, and and it would be exclusive because you know you don't just let anyone in and and let them start working on on this um, stuff which is actually pretty critical. And mm. um, we're going to you know need help and you know not ten billion people eventually. So yeah, yeah that's right. Gonna, you, you can't mm. just let people. And, and this was the problem they had in BTC and and actually in BCH as well. Like the whole thing was, oh, well, it's open source. So any, any old guy can show up and go, oh, hey, I've got this idea. It didn't even matter if it was a good idea or a really, really crap idea. Mm. Um, if they were sat down and wrote the code and submitted the pull request on Git and all the others, blah, 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 that you need to do, um, their change would get put into the client. And it didn't matter if that change was... Um, a terrible idea or, or impacted the usability of um, Bitcoin. And, you know, we saw a bunch of like crazy, you know, SegWit and replaced by fee and these really kind of awful things that destroy um, to me the, the fundamental um, nature of, of what Bitcoin is. Um, and they just put, put it in because somebody wrote it. And it's open source right. and anybody can do whatever they want. And, and that's a complete, just does not work at all. Like these guys, they're trying to tell the world that the future of the financial system is something that every single person has to validate every single thing that every other person did. And you all have to run this node and it's just silly. Like it really is just... I mean, it, I, I don't even like talking about it because... No, fair. We'll, we'll move it's on. Like, it's like <laughs> a waste like, of brain cells yeah, to even think about enough. why they would do it that way. Fair enough. Well, moving, moving forward, I, like, I do like that, um, um, that idea as well of, of, of having... I'm, I'm noticing a theme and the idea of the professionalism, um, you know... Absolutely. Moving towards progress, you've got a community of people that, are, that know what they're doing, their expertise are intelligent... Um, for a, for a, for a goal that's gonna gonna help, you know the you know, ten billion people yeah. in the future to be able to um, you know Im improve on on the world and what's happening. So that moves on to the the question here is, so so Brennan, what do you foresee a MetaNet future to look like? And if you could you know um, go re clarify about the the MetaNet term as well, so that it can link to this context. Well, okay, so I mean. Now, having just trashed the idea of, of uh, community for like, the <laughs> development side, um, I think on on the other side of it. So, so when I talk about the, the that developer community, so those mm -hmm. are the people. Those are the people. Technical who work. side. So, if if we're imagining the ledger is this giant flat plane that you, as the user, you don't get to penetrate that. You don't get to go in and tell them how to create the blockchain. Right. Mm -hmm. You write to the ledger. They take what you wrote. And if you gave them enough money, they put it in the blockchain and make it permanent, right? Mm -hmm. That's how it works. You don't, you as the user have zero say to what they do with your transaction. Uh, once you've put it on the ledger, if you didn't put enough money on it to, to incentivize them to put it in a block for you, eventually um, the network will forget about it and it will never become a permanent part of the ledger. So um, that, that side of the ledger, that professional community, that's why that's needed because it yeah. is their responsibility to take away that user level frustration of, well, you know, you see every time the fees go up on BTC, you see a thousand people jump on Twitter and go, well, what happened to my transaction? It's not being mine. And it's their job to fix that. 
And so they have to be professional. They have to be a professional community. They have to be organized. On the other side of that ledger, of that giant plane where anybody can do anything, it can be, it can be so free form and so creative and, and so different to anything that we have today that I think the nature of the communities that we're going to see come out of this are going to be completely different to what we have today like um i don't think we're going to see you know we have sites like twitch where they're building like a twitter type thing i think that will become a lot bigger than what it is but i think the ones that become really uh huge aren't going to resemble you know it's not going to be slack for block it's not going to be slack for bitcoin it's not going to be um you know reddit for bitcoin it's going to be mm. something that's completely new and it's written to um fully leverage uh, what uh, the ledger can do uh, in terms of joining that community, um, linking those people together. And um, so, yeah, it, it's, I it's think it's exciting. Going to be incredible to see. Yeah, it's going to be, it's very exciting. Um, so the, yeah, the community on, on the, on, on the user side of the ledger is, um, it's it's really it's hard to say how that's going to develop. You know, it really depends where uh, that penetration starts happening first. Um, who uh, decides or who 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 dreams up um, an amazing idea and and then implements it in such a way that you know a, a billion people can start using it um, within a month. You know. I remember, I don't, wow. I don't know if you remember in, in, in around 2008 when Facebook first came out and I just remember seeing these incredible figures. Um, it was like, I'd never heard of Facebook. And then I think three months later, every single person I knew had Facebook. And yeah. So that's the exponential growth, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it uh... went from, you know, like 50 million people to 3 billion people in about, in about two years. And I think we will see something like that come out for uh, Bitcoin, mm. um, but that three, it won't take two or three years. It'll take, you know, a few months. Um, and the, yeah, the, and the, the, I love the, uh, the aspect and the idea of the creativity and the openness of the ideas that can be created by different communities and different people. Uh, that, and, and I love the open nature of that c compared to the, uh, you know, the, the, the developers and, and the miners and, and the sort yeah. of technical side. But you've also got the human people side, the the creativity of the community. So I love that, and I'm so excited about that. So, well, and so pro probably the most important point of all of that is that. So currently, and uh, it was actually interesting. I was talking to someone about this. Um, just just, I'm last night sometime I think is that when you actually go out and you use these websites like the Facebook and the, you know, Twitter and all of this, it, you're not, you're not the user. You're the product. Yes. So it's these free. websites, More they're providing you a convenient place for you to drop all of your, the details of your life. And they give you the means to share it with your friends and your family and la la la. But the reality is that's, great for them because the more info you give them about yourself and who you connect to and your likes, your interests, 
uh, they, they basically package you up like frozen goods and they sell mm. you to advertisers. And so you are the product. Data you, is... A, you are the product. So mm. in, in, that, in all of those um, websites, the, the whole deal is um, you get to use it for free. You get to have an account for free. Um, but uh, you have to basically hand them all of your private information. And that is the cost. And, and they sell it. So yeah. now as we move to the MetaNet and where all of the users of a service own their own content and are the ones who are actually paying the service. So people don't like, it's so, it's so unobtrusive that nobody even thinks about it. When you use Twitch, every time you make a Twitch, every time you like a Twitch, every time you branch something, Twitch gets paid. So they are making money from your interaction with the website. And that's mm. not something that happens with Twitter and, and Facebook. You know, we're not it's microtransactions, microtransactions. Isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's right. Twitter doesn't things. get anything. Mm. Yeah. Wow. They only get okay. anything when I click, when I click on an ad and usually that's by accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, I, so, I, uh, you know, this, I use, I'm, I'm quite liking, uh, when I first started to use uh, Twitch, I, I quite liked it because it was, uh, it was, it's, it's something new and it's, it's a new part of uh, using the uh, BSV as well. And, and, and those microtransactions, it can, and the, the user um, usability of it. I, I quite like it. And anyway, it, it's, uh, it, that, that's just the first thing that's coming out. There's going to be so much more and that's uh, definitely what I'm excited about. So um, we moving on now, Brent, I really appreciate all this. It's a, uh, I'm, I'm learning so much. And again, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the listeners are going to be able to um, learn a lot more and it's, it's, it's going to be uh, all beneficial. So we're going to move forward now to the, the rapid fire questions, Brendan. So uh, the, hey. I'm going to ask you a few questions here. If you just uh, fire away and answer them as quick as you can, and we'll have some fun with it. So what's one book that has had the biggest impact on your life? One book. Uh, look, I, I'm kind of like, uh, I love reading just fiction. <laughs> I'm not like a, <laughs> Fair enough. And I, I think the, 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 probably the most interesting book I've ever read was Malazan book of the fall. And it's actually a, a series of 10 books. It's this kind of epic, um, kind of military blah, blah. They, and it just, it, it was a lot of it was about uh, sort of that community, all these different communities that were formed, how they uh, fell in, rubbed against each other, like um, strategies, like all of this kind of thing. I, and and it, it, to, to me, it was just a book that I really enjoyed reading. I still think about it. I, I, like, I, I felt like it, there were actually a lot of lessons in the book, um, which I've you know, there's been situations that I've had where it's kind of, I've gone, oh, well, that's a bit like this. Um, so yeah. yeah, that would be one a really interesting. It's a very challenging book. It took me, ten, it took me uh, 18 months to read the whole series. Um, What's it called again? Malazan Book of the Fallen. Malazan Book of the Fallen. Excellent. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a, a nonfiction a reader however it, it was in, you've uh, inspired me maybe to, to have a look at that one okay so second question for the ratified questions what's your favorite quote or motto brandon uh favorite quote or motto um 
Oh, that's a... Uh... Or anything that you'd like to like to share of something that that's, uh, that helps you, you know, a sentence or something that someone you know, said. I, to me, it, it always comes back down to um, you, you are what you do. And it, it is your proof of work. I'm literally, I'm wearing a shirt that says proof of work. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it is your proof of work that will um, that is your legacy, and it is um, what you uh, how how much you achieve and and achievements. Achievement is such a a a general word. Mm. Like you might achieve great personal wealth, you might achieve a a a great following um, of millions of people, but not have any wealth. Uh, you mm. might achieve um, something very deeply technical that positively impacts the lives of millions of people. Um, all of those things are great achievements. And it, it, it's about finding your path. And, and so it, it, you are what you do, I think, is, is probably my... Beautiful, beautiful. You are what you do. Proof of, of work. So if you were to choose any animal to be, what would it be <laughs> and why? <laughs> Um, <laughs> so when I was, when I was 18, um, I actually went and spent a year in, in, uh, Belgium, um, mm -hmm. on a, on a high school exchange. And, um, I, I, I've all, I was always a boy scout. Um, and I, I joined the scouts that were at, there was a group in my, in my high school that I went to there. And, um, I actually got through the process of receiving a, a totem. And, and so a totem is like, they give you the, the name of an animal and then everyone refers to you as, as that animal. Mm -hmm. And um, they gave me the totem um, grizzly because grizzly, um, at, at the time, I, yeah, I was, I was all, a bit older than most of them. So most of them were kind of 15, 16. I was 18. Um, mm -hmm. I was quite a bit bigger and stronger. Um, and, and, um, a lot of the stuff that we did was, you know, quite often we got ended up doing um, a lot of like manual labor, like lifting rocks. So we paid for ourselves to go on this trip to France, um, by doing all of this work, um, back in the village where we lived. And, and so I was always the one who could lift the heavy rocks and do that sort of thing. So Grizzly, I'm kind of, I've, I've kind of stuck with that. Um, so yeah, it would be a, a, a Grizzly bear Absolutely. basically because he's the, he, he doesn't give a crap you know, just get out of my way. I want to eat. <laughs> oh, I love it. The grizzly bear, Brendan, Brendan Lee. I love it. Okay. And <laughs> all right. So, and then we're, before we sign off, finally, before we sign off, so Brendan, is there anything you'd like to, to say or promote uh, to our listeners? Um, look, I think all I would say is that um, in this time of, global turbulence um you know i don't it it, it seems to me that that things are going to change uh with extreme rapidity and it's not just the virus you know there are other things moving in the world today so uh i think my message to everyone would be um to just try to be excellent to each other and look after the people you love um and to stay safe and um you know that's that's about it just be excellent to each other you know be excellent to each other. if 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 when the words rise to the surface um just let them pass through your lips without actually making any sound don't say the mean thing just be you know 
just be nice and 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 that's going to help everyone you know i think if we get away from the panic get away yeah. from the good energy yeah. good vibes that's what we want and um, i've definitely had that with our conversation brendan and, and i really really appreciate you uh, your time and, and 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 having a chat with us because um i've learned a lot i'm sure everyone else has and, and it's been it's definitely um been uh, been good vibes good energy and thanks so much brendan and i look forward to catching up with you in person soon look forward to that too thanks a lot adam take yeah, care brendan you no too. worries mate Bye. all right see ya